Hi, I'm Dhanashree. And I'm Sharvari. Thanks for tuning in to The Life Equation. Tim Urban is a writer that I've always found that I could resonate with. Most of his blogs talk about things that affect almost all of us. Friendships, career choices, thinking about your life partner, or simple things like productivity and procrastination. I first came across Tim Urban when I saw his TED talk about how procrastination works in your mind. The interesting thing about it was that he uses entities other than the self to explain what's happening in our minds. So he's used examples such as the procrastination monkey, there's the yearning octopus and the social mammoth that makes you afraid of making mistakes publicly. I really like the kind of entities he comes up with when he wants to explain different concepts to explain how the mind works. I find it much more enduring when I think of these entities outside of myself. I feel like taking care of them. And one of the ways he describes it when one is taking care of their own body is taking care of the human pet. So that was pretty cool. And the blog that we would like to talk about today takes on the topic of how to make a decision when it comes to your career. What should you base your choices on? So if you think about it, most conversations revolve around skill sets and interests and a lot of such obvious things. What was different about Tim Urban's article was that his first step was not even directly questioning your interests, but rather explaining the whole concept through understanding different parts of a person. In other words, introspecting. And he used the yearning octopus as his tool of choice. So Dhanshree, could you explain how he made the yearning octopus a picture in our heads? Sure. Before we get into that, I would like to touch upon something that he mentioned in his blog. And that was the difference between the chef and the cook. If you think about it, it's all about the mindset. You spend your whole life learning like a student, yeah. but how do you become the CEO of your life? So he breaks them down into two components, right? The chef experiments and tries to find what authentically aligns with himself or herself. The cook, on the other hand, tries to do a copy-paste based on what other people are doing in their lives, failing to understand what works for others may or may not work for him or her. And we're taught to do this at school, isn't it? We're told to copy our teachers when they're drawing something, or we're asked to replicate certain sentences from our textbooks during exams. We're taught to look at our peers and learn from them. So I see that quite often during school, we're taught to become a really good employee. But by the end of school, by the end of those 10-15 years, you might find that it's very difficult to become the CEO of your own life. Your whole schooling has trained you to listen to instructions from somewhere else other than the self. Right, right, absolutely. Tim Urban compares the needs of human beings to the tentacles of an octopus. Hence named the yearning octopus. We all have these yearnings in different forms. Every want comes with its own set of fears as well. 
this octopus that he talks about has five tentacles that may sometimes oppose each other's purpose but are important for a balanced life each tentacle of this octopus is made up of a bunch of different individual yearnings along with their accompanying fears and these often conflict with each other too the first tentacle of personal yearnings is pretty particular to each one of us reflecting our personality and values it yearns for fulfillment the way fears are identified with this tentacle are not immediately scary but they creep out of the background over time yeah suppose i look for meaning in my life mm-hmm. it is possible that when i am younger the other tentacles eat into this need and take away from what i really want but over time i might realize what is really important to me even if i get successful i might be unhappy and might believe that i got successful in the wrong field mm-hmm. the social tentacle wants acceptance and inclusion it wants to be liked fears embarrassment fears negative judgment and disapproval it's like a dog who wants to please its owner but as a human to give so much psychological power to someone else could take away a whole lot of time from your life yeah the next tentacle is the lifestyle tentacle and it just wants a really pleasant enjoyable day plenty of free time self care relaxation and luxuries life should be full of fun and experience but also roll by smoothly with as few bumps in the road as possible so the lifestyle tentacle basically wants monday to be banned right coming to the moral yearnings tentacle the moral yearnings tentacle is judging the rest of the yearnings and finding them more self involved and self indulgent than the next the other tentacles also find the moral yearnings tentacle insufferable why to do philanthropy for philanthropy's sake the practical yearnings tentacle thinks this is very good do philanthropy what about the rent due tomorrow <laughs> so tim urban looks at the tentacles like they eat away from one another and are odds with them although i have another thought on this that they may seem that they eat into each other because of the fact that they are not in balance if we find balance in these tentacles they are more dependent on each other than they seem to be um probably but <laughs> okay this is a bit little bit besides the point but i i find his little cartoon so cute like when he shows the practical tentacles saying that i must achieve my potential and lifestyle comes in and replies with yes apparently you must and it's ruining my life narcissist <laughs> i'm sure there are quizzes which ask you these multiple choice questions it'll turn out to be that you would have to choose between one of these tentacles so i'm not sure how i would actually go through this because i usually don't want to put myself in a box i prefer to see myself as an ever changing person i feel it's intimidating to define myself at a certain time point my assumption is that i'm always changing for the better it may or may not be true but it's so hard to choose between a lifestyle and the practical aspects of life oh this is just the tip of the iceberg when you're talking about taking a look in the mirror 
to give a step by step approach on how to become a chef instead of the cook that would mean that you will have to explore all kinds of dark rooms in your head the things you thought were important to you need not be and the things you didn't think were important to you could be all at the same time changing as time progressed but wait a sec why is it a dark room so when i read it it was an interrogation room the way you're describing it you're calling a dark room yeah because you're constantly finding yourself it may or may not be the same for everyone but the way he describes interrogation in the interrogation room implies that you're questioning yourself and that's why i call it a dark room if you're questioning yourself means there are some aspects of yourself you don't fully understand so you're looking for the switches and trying to turn the light on every time you do it you reveal a part of yourself to yourself absolutely so let's consider an example you must have seen game of thrones yep i think most of you know the character called arya stark right one of my favorites yeah so the interesting thing about her is that when she was a small kid the scene shows her hating needlework that the other girls are doing with her in another scene later her father is telling her you're going to be a lady but she ends up telling him no that's not me she is so clear in her mind but not all of us have reached that stage i mean that's because she is a fictional character right i agree it is just to give an example of clarity that at some point in our life we might want to look for right yeah i think although getting into the dark room and being there may seem scary the result might culminate into that kind of clarity Well I find the interrogation room really scary especially because where I'm in my life right now So if I was reading this article when I was in my mid 20s I would be totally up for trying something like the interrogation I would probably take some time out and really question what I want to do maybe deep dive into myself and ask whether the yearnings I have are actually mine or have they been placed there by a person that's had an impression on me one of the most common people that make an impression on us especially in our earlier lives is our mothers they instill a conscience in us and the values that come with it they do tell us this is right that's wrong but along with that there's also quite a bit of judgment in life as well so i would say petting a cat is a nice thing because i've seen my cat very happy with my mother and she shows affection to my cat but another person's mother might hate cats she might tell their kids that cats scratch you and you shouldn't go close to them and just to be careful that might get imbibed in the child and maybe it will not be directly stamped in that person's brain forever but they might have somewhere or the other a fear associated with being close to animals or perceive animals to be ferocious so that's the difficult decision you have to make when you go into the interrogation room you have to ask yourself was this thought placed here by someone it kind of reminds me of the movie inception because the whole plot revolves around the idea of where do our ideas come from many of us don't actually question where they come from we just say that we got inspired by something that's the closest we can come to finding the source of an idea 
we saw a movie and we got inspired to write or we saw some artistic performance and now i feel like i want to make costumes for halloween it could be anything but they do stem from somewhere i tend to think of myself as a collection of all the people i've ever met but maybe that's what tim urban is trying to dissect that's what he says dissecting the octopus so am i actually a summation of everyone i've ever met or am i my authentic self and what does me even mean that's so philosophical and it's so deep that I actually see the interrogation room as a dark room as well it's scary right right absolutely it's a slippery slope you might not know where to stop you might start questioning everything at my age i feel like i have a good understanding of what i like what i don't like what am i comfortable with where does my comfort zone lie am i willing to expand my comfort zone i've already understood where i'm willing to expand it and where i'm not but having said so in your more impressionable years you're trying to explore exactly this territory that's how he sliced it into five parts to understand what you want that is a much harder question than you originally might think it is true so true i must add that when we are exploring the room we have so many choices to make and there is no real right or wrong choice as such isn't it well if you're only asking yourself then there may not be a right or wrong answer if you're talking to a person who's very sure of themselves taking our mothers again as an example because they've already invested time in putting together another human being they've had to make those decisions as they taught us how to perceive the world but if you ask yourself even if my mother asks herself she might find some of these questions difficult to answer it's about so many choices being available to you right and while making that choice it is about being aware if this choice is coming from something i truly believe in or it is coming because something someone told me 2000 years ago that is the effect of some talk i must have soaked in at some point in time i have to add though like when you say that so many choices are available to us i feel like that does come from a slight place of privilege the assumption is that the opportunities available to us are within reach but it's not true for everyone some people purely live out their lives based on the constraints they have rather than the opportunities i do agree with you in certain aspects but i think there is a small difference as well we all have learned and defined our constraints we have conditioned ourselves into certain constraints it's like that elephant who has been standing stuck because there is a chain tied to its foot but when you remove the chain also it does not know that it's free yeah it thinks it is still stuck that is when i'm talking about choices that is to be aware that it's not a real constraint that is when you interrogate and find if you really want to do this or not i like that you bring up conditioning because that's something he didn't touch upon i find it much easier to understand what he's talking about when you include conditioning in the conversation so if i were to dissect the octopus i would seek to understand whether my thoughts are based on conditioning 
there's nothing wrong in accepting life a certain way because i believe our mothers want the best for us so they will condition us to thrive rather than having to find our way with no structure so it's not bad to realize that the thoughts you have come from your mother quite contrary to the way he's put it in his article i think it's just about whether you agree with those thoughts or not in fact it might even be easier for you to agree with them because they've been put there by your mother on the other hand you might be in major conflict and not know what has been bothering you yeah this figure of influence can be anyone mother people you look up to peer group media television it can be so many different things when we are aware of what is influencing us is when we get to realize that this is my thought we can identify which part of it we accept and which we don't i want to read a couple of lines from the text that really appeal to me first of all when he was talking about the personal arm of the octopus he mentions that the most complex and challenging human need is fulfillment and it's so hard to define fulfillment there are as many definitions as there are days because everyone feels different every day he explains that you don't find very many billionaires content to spend the rest of their life sipping cocktails on the beach is this it's because the money is there but the fulfillment may not be so they might have loads of money but they're constantly in search of something it doesn't make sense to a person who may have oriented their whole lives to acquire money because that's something that they don't have so he explains that an unfulfilled personal yearning tentacle is often the explanation behind a very successful very unhappy person he talks about this in the context of career choices but i believe it applies to a lot of other parts of our lives as well it could apply to a relationship where you haven't been true to yourself you've committed to someone who's a really nice person who's really good at being your partner but you might not feel happy in the relationship because somewhere you have not confronted yourself you haven't talked to yourself about whether this relationship is what you want yeah to find your true self you have to go through all the dark rooms of your being all choices become right for you once you have uncovered parts of yourself what you're saying sounds quite intimidating because the weight of fulfillment puts the responsibility on ourselves we are responsible for how we feel about something and some people might tend to be conflicted they may say i know that i want this but i shouldn't want this or i want to want that these conflicts could arise from trying to live as a cook and not a chef you're constantly attempting to live a life prescribed by somebody else another possibility is that you don't want to take the responsibility of making your own decision you give your power away right right absolutely i found myself in similar situations when i was a teenager i was on what then felt like the cusp of a major change in my life if i look back now it wasn't as much of an impactful decision but when i was at that point i found it really difficult to make a choice because i was finally given the responsibility to make that choice it makes the stakes really high right right tim urban describes high stake decision making as a figurative tunnel we get tunnel vision we think that if we make this choice it's going to affect us for the rest of our lives 
so much so that the decision explodes in your mind if you're a perfectionist it can be entirely paralyzing just like you mentioned earlier dhanshree now i really like that tim urban converts these confusions to concepts and then into external entities the way he does it is really relatable because he humanizes and validates our needs it's a super effective tool because we find ourselves much more capable of loving something that is a little life it somehow feels more morally correct to take care of something else than talking about the capital i right so i think tim urban is a writer that you should definitely check out dantri when you first read the article your conclusion was basically this don't take yourself too seriously there are so many points at which we make a choice we can make a choice every day life is a roller coaster you never know when you might go up and when you may come down that's a wonderful thought and i guess we will end there all right thank you so much for tuning in if there is something you would like to share with us mail us on the life equation with the dot lif dot equation at gmail dot com see you bye